going to talk about our series today is is uh, oneness. We we started it last week in January. It was one, and in February it's oneness. And we're dealing with the topic or the subject of wholeness this month. And uh, of course, on Wednesday night it's relationship realities, but on Sundays it's uh, it's oneness. I want I want to give a shout out to my music director today, Miss Giovanna, who's been handling the worship in the background. Thank you, baby. You did a great job. <laughs> this is so different to be in our home. There she is, y'all. Lift up that worship, Giovanna. So we filled our home with worship this morning. I pray you did too. Thank you, babe. All right, we're going to go to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. We touched on this last week, and I want to go back to it today. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24 is where we're going to start. And we're going to talk about the restoration of the soul, the restoration of the soul. Yesterday, I introduced three topics that I am real interested in teaching uh, over the next few months. And one of them is, is a series entitled In Defense of the Gospel. I just want to hit on that a little bit because it's necessary for where we're going. And, you know, Paul said, uh, I was set in Philippians 1.17 for the defense of the gospel. He didn't just say I was sent. He said I was set. And um, the defense of the gospel is very important, not that the gospel needs to be defended. The word is actually apologetics, uh, which is really uh, correctly dividing the word of truth. And so in a day when antinomianism, asceticism, Gnosticism, pluralism, universalism is reigning supreme, uh, we need an apostolic anointing to stand up and declare what the gospel really is and not apologize for it. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's a gospel that is exclusive, meaning Jesus said, no man goes to the Father but by me. So that's one series and then we're going to talk about the difference in another series in the spirit of prophecy, the office uh, of the prophet, and the gift of prophecy. That's coming up as well. But today, we continue our series on oneness. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 23 and 24. Man, I really feel God right now because I know what the Lord is going to do. Everyone put in the comments, if you haven't done it already, the word wholeness, Okay. Verse 23, reading from the King James Version. And the very God of peace, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. There's that word. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy, entirely, completely. And may the God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole, W-H-O-L-E, your whole spirit. Now watch the differentiation. Your whole spirit and soul and body. That your whole spirit and your whole soul and your whole body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful. Man, you ought to put that in there. Faithful. Faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. You know, we love that saying, won't he do it? Well, let me tell you something. He will do it. Amen. You can put that in the comments. He will do it because he's faithful to do it. He will do what? He will sanctify you wholly, spirit 
and soul and body. We want you to understand today that oneness, the subject of oneness is wholeness. Behold, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God and there's none beside him. God understands the incredible thought of interdependence because he expresses himself as one God in the character of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all right? So I want you to understand that, um, that in relationships, it's very important to understand the thought of wholeness. God is perfect in relationship with us because of his oneness. God is not schizophrenic, okay? So now let's bring that to practical measures and bring that into our practical lives. Um, the Lord created man and he breathed into him and man became a living soul. And then watch what he says. He brings out of that man a rib and he brings a partner to him. And the Bible says the two shall become one. The two shall become one. Now here's my concern. I believe that we have been okay with um, compliant, and I'll take it even further, complacent in dealing with the idea of wholeness in relation to relationships. Um, in other words, it is important for you to be whole before you can operate in complementary relationship with someone else. Two half people do not make a whole person. And it's not fair to bring fragmentation into relationship and expect integration. The root word of integration is integer, which means to be whole or to be mature. It's not fair to bring an immature person into a relationship and expect the relationship to operate in maturity. Uh, many people think that marriage or a relationship is going to fix them. In other words, if I just had someone else in my life, I would be complete. I would be whole. I would be entire. And many people marry thinking marriage is going to fix them. Marriage does not fix you. Okay. Marriage is a journey, not a destination. So marriage does not fix you. So being in a relationship doesn't complete you. A healthy relationship is two complete people, not two people who compete, but two people who cause each other to be complete. So you must be complete for your relationship to be complete. Okay, you have nothing to offer relationship if you are not whole. You have nothing to offer the relationship if you are not whole. What is wholeness? All right, man, I'm loving this. All right. Wholeness means to be without fragmentation. Wholeness is when, when someone is put together properly, okay, without deformity, all right? Hmm. It's amazing to me that when we enter in relationships, many times single people will enter into a relationship and show people a caricature of themselves and not the real character of themselves. Isn't it true? All right. So wholeness is without fragmentation, put together properly, spiritually, soulfully, emotionally, and mentally sound is wholeness. I'll say it again. You are whole when you are sound mentally, soulfully, 
spiritually and emotionally. That's when you are whole. Now, here's, here's where we get in trouble. I was talking to Pastor Dustin the other day, and I told Pastor D, this generation of preachers are incredible communicators to the soul. They're not great exhorters or preachers to the spirit. Hmm. Many people are drawn soulfully to altars, and they think they're being drawn by the spirit. We're going to deal with that. We want healing, so we go to the altar or in our life period. We don't have to be in an altar. You can be in your car saying, God, heal me. Here's the problem. We, we do not differentiate between healing and wholeness, and there's a great difference between healing and wholeness. You can be healed and not be whole. So the purpose of healing is not just to fix the person. The purpose of healing is not just to fix the problem. The purpose of healing is to initiate wholeness. Healing is the first step to wholeness. Put that in the comments. Healing is the first step to wholeness. So your goal should not be healing. Your goal should be wholeness. So the purpose of healing is to move you from fragmentation to integration, to wholeness, from brokenness to wholeness. Healing starts, here you go. Healing starts when you stop entertaining the hurt. Healing starts when you stop entertaining the hurt. Healing is the initiation, not the completion of wholeness. It's the initiation of wholeness. You'll never walk in wholeness until you're willing to make the pain you've experienced a part of your purpose. You'll never walk in wholeness until you're willing to embrace the pain or make the pain part of your purpose. For me to sit here and say that I've never hurt or never been through pain or even caused pain, I would be deceiving myself. But when I get to the place where I'm walking in integrity, where everything on the inside of me agrees with everything on the outside of me, then I can say the pain of my past is part of my purpose. In other words, I don't minister through pain. I minister from pain. I am delivered. I minister from victory because I've been healed and I'm made whole of the pain of my past. You can't carry pain into your future and expect victory. So hear, hear me again. I'm going to make this very clear to you. I'm going to make it very clear to you. For you to walk in integrity, you must say you've been through some stuff to become the person you are. You can't act like you've never been injured. You've never been hurt. You've never been through pain. That's superficial. That's a caricature. Real character says Everything I've been through has only promoted me to the position I am now. And now from this place, I'm able to minister to people I never could have reached until I went through what I went through. Okay, I'll leave that right there. It is impossible to be a whole person. It is impossible, I'm sorry, to be a whole person while carrying a wounded soul. You must be healed to be whole. You must be healed to be whole. Okay? Here's the sounds of a wounded soul. Have you ever heard these words? I'm falling to pieces. Sounds of a wounded soul. I am falling to pieces. My world is shattered. 
My heart is broken. All of those phrases, all of those sayings are sounds of a wounded soul. Not a wounded spirit, a wounded soul. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of what? Soul and spirit. We're going to go through some things. We hit on some of this last week. I'm going to rehearse it for you because the soul has been ignored. And we need to get a proper understanding of what your soul is. According to Hebrews 4, the soul and spirit are connected, but they're separate or separable. The soul and spirit are connected, but they're separate or they are separable. Your soul is the biggest part of you that relates to others. Your soul is the biggest part of you that relates to people. Your spirit is the biggest part of you that relates to God and eternity. Your soul relates to life and people. Your spirit relates to eternity and God. I hope you're getting that. I'm going to slow down. I want you to get that. Your soul is the biggest part of you that relates to life and people. Your spirit is the biggest part of you that relates to eternity and God. So your soul carries purpose through life, but your spirit drives purpose into eternity. Your soul carries purpose. Your spirit drives purpose. The soul, your soul is the essence of humanity's being. It is who you are, and we're going to get into that. The spirit is the aspect of humanity that connects with God. So let's talk about it. We're going to go through four things today. Number one is the creation or the origin of the soul. Let's stop ignoring the soul. Let's stop ignoring the soul. Paul tells the church of Thessalonica, you are spirit and soul and body. I guarantee you, you're going to take care of your body today. Many of you will take care of your spirit. That's what you are assuming you're doing right now. But too many of us ignore the aspect of the soul. And it is essential that the soul is healthy for you to be whole. So when you look at the origin of the soul, Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And what's the Bible saying? And man became a living soul. What did man become? A living soul. So in relation to man, he is not equated to spirit first. He is equated to soul first. Man became a living soul. And in the Hebrew, it means self, person, mind, including emotions, the activity of the will, your being, your soul is your being. It comes from a root word that means to take a breath or to breathe again, to refresh oneself. Your soul has a way of refreshing itself. Your soul has a way, is your breath, not God's breath. God's breath is spirit, your breath is soul. I hope you get this, it involves the activity of your will. It involves the 
uh, intensity of your emotions. It's your being. It's your person. So I wrote this down today. The gift of creation is God giving you, you. The gift of creation is God giving you, you. What do you mean by that, Pastor Rick? You are what you cultivate and become, and that's God's gift to you. And guess what God will never violate? He'll never violate your soul because the soul is the activity of your will. He gave you a free will. So you are what you cultivate and you become. Your soul is the instigator and the motivator of all those things in life. Your soul seeks for success in life. Your spirit seeks for success in heaven. If the, if the soul is not important, why is it mentioned over 750 times in the Old Testament alone and soul is mentioned over 100 times in the New Testament? I wrote this, the soul is really how we relate to other people. And more than that, the soul is how we understand ourselves. And many people misunderstand themselves Therefore, they abuse their soul. They allow their soul to be abused as well. All right, I'm going to go ahead with this. That's the creation of the soul. And the first thing God did with the soul he created was connected to another soul, and the two became one. Wait a minute. The connection of souls? Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard of soul ties? I want to do a whole message on soul ties versus soul mates. The difference in soul ties and soul mates. Be careful who you give your soul to. I, all right, I'll be careful. I'll just say it like this. When you've attached your soul to a lot of people through intercourse, intimacy, experiences, be careful that your soul is restored and the soul ties are broken from that because every time you lay in your bed with your partner, you bring all them souls with you. And guess what? She gets tired of trying to deal with all of that. I'll just leave it there. Or he gets tired of trying to deal with all of them. That's a soul tie. I'm praying very quickly I'll be able to do a table talk with Michael Pitts and I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. He has a book out called How to Break Ungodly Soul Ties. I encourage you to go and buy that book today. It'll help your marriage. It'll help your relationship. How to Break Ungodly Soul Ties. Because let me tell you something. A dysfunctional soul or a soul that is, mal is malfunctioning is often manifest in a controlling spirit. And when they connect with other souls that are wounded, they want to control those wounded souls and they'll convince the wounded soul to be disconnected from the spirit or the souls of men and women that are whole that will benefit them because they want to hold them captive so they'll never be whole because if they become whole, they can't relate to them anymore. So when you see a controlling spirit that is not a, or a controlling person, that is a, a soul that is malfunctioned and is dysfunctional that needs other souls to cause it to be codependent with and it'll, it'll stop that soul from connecting to souls that really are beneficial to them. So therefore, both of them remain incomplete in their condition in life, and they're always abusing and hurting each other. A controlling spirit will always tell you, oh, you don't want to be around them. Don't connect to them. I'll leave that there. But we'll do a teaching on breaking ungodly soul ties.
So that is the creation of the souls. That is being careful, connecting your soul to other souls. Now, let me go through this. Two more things here. Recovering your soul. Recovering your soul. If you're learning something here, just hit those hearts and thumbs real quick. I'm, I'm not going to preach very much longer, but hit those hearts and thumbs real quick. Let me know you're, you're with me today. Yeah, it's hard being in relationships with 10 people in your house. Break them ungodly soul ties. Break them in Jesus' name. All right, let's talk about recovering your soul. Mark chapter 8, you know the story. Verses 22 through 25, there's a man at Bethsaida that is blind. And you know Jesus led him out of town. He spit on his hands. He made mud. He rubbed it in his eyes. And he said, can you see? And he, and he says, I see men walking as trees. And then Jesus put his hands on him again. And that's what you're going to receive this morning, the second touch. The second touch allows you to see clearly. And the Bible says he made him look up and he, he was restored. I don't want you to miss this. And he saw every man clearly. He was restored. He was restored. Jesus touched him and he was restored. But watch, he didn't touch him until he led him away from others. Some of you need to be led away from some of the soul ties in your life. You will never be healed in your soul until you are led away. You get away from the soul ties you have in your past. And Jesus led him away from anything that would tie him in that town. He led him away. And when he got him away from others, the Bible says he touched him. Now watch this. He doesn't say his sight was restored the second time. It says he was restored. And then he saw men clearly. I learned something, that we do not see others correctly when we are living incorrectly. When we are not whole, we look for in others what we see in ourselves. This is called projecting. And it starts, it starts with excuses and blaming. I wouldn't be like I am if it wasn't for you. Get over it in Jesus' name. Don't tell me you can't be whole because of what happened to you as a child. Yes, you can. You need to let them go and walk away from them. You need to be led away from them, and you need to be restored in your soul. Yes, they abused you. Yes, they molested you. But guess what? The Holy Ghost is leading you away from them today, and he's touching you, and you're not only going to receive your sight, you are going to be restored. He didn't only see, but he was restored. And that's what needs to happen in your life today. Your soul needs to be restored. So I break it now in Jesus' name. All the hurt and the pain from soul ties and soul injuries and wounds to your soul from your childhood and your adolescence, we break it today. The Holy Ghost now leads you away from it. And the Lord touches you and you are restored. Stop playing the blame game in Jesus' name. When the Bible uses the word he was restored, it literally means to reconstitute or to pr provide him with a new structure. The Holy Ghost spoke to me when I read that this morning and said our entire structure, body, soul, and spirit needs to be restored. Our entire structure, body, soul, and spirit needs to be restored. That's what's going to happen. Let's talk about the depth of that soul injury. When you are hurt, you say, man, I, they hurt me. I'm hurt. You are not saying my spirit is hurt. Man can't hurt your spirit. Man can't hurt your spirit. Man can hurt your soul. He can hurt your feelings. He can hurt your emotions. But let me tell you what you have this morning. You have an opportunity to be healed. You can remain in hurt by dealing with your in injury soulfully 
or you can be healed and made whole by allowing your spirit to take over your soul. Do not let your soul dominate the direction of your destiny. Be led by the spirit. That's why the Bible says, walk in the spirit, not after the flesh. Quit walking after your emotions. Quit walking after feeling. Spirit is led by faith. Soul is led by feeling. Hmm. So your soul must be healed to be able to hear your spirit. I hope you're on. Soul means psyche. The, the Greek word is psyche. Suka in the Greek, but it's psyche in English. Your mind, will, and your emotions. Pneuma is spirit, and it's the breath or the wind of God. You know what I'm praying now? That the breath of God breathe on your soul. The wind of God breathe on your soul, and you are healed today in your soul. In Jesus' name. That's why David prayed. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you're learning something here, put something in the comments. Let me know you're listening today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Listen to what he says. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Put it in the comments. He restores my soul. God restores my soul. Put it in the comments. He restores my soul. He restores, the word soul is passions. He restores my passions. He restores my appetites. He restores my emotions. I'll say it again. He restores my passions. He restores my appetites. He restores my emotions. He restores my soul. To restore means to turn back or to return or to come back in regard to human relations. I said the other day, I'm gonna tell you again. Every time I lay down at night, at some point before I doze off, I always say this, Lord, restore my soul. Because you know what we do all day? We give pieces of our soul. Emotion, we get emotional, there goes some of your soul. We get passionate, there goes some of your soul. We get an appetite for something, there goes some of your soul. And that's why David says, when, when I lie down in green pastures, he restores my soul. Matter of fact, right now, just reach out there and say, soul, come back to me. Start taking your soul back right now. Soul, come back. Soul, come, come back here. Come back here. Soul, come back here. Re be restored right now. He, the Lord's restoring your soul right now. I feel it. He restores my soul. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. He is restoring your soul where you're not an emotional wreck. Your appetites are not everywhere. You're not pa driven by passions for the flesh and all the, no, he's, uh-uh. Come on back in Jesus' name. He is giving it back. It's turn, your soul is turning back to you right now. It's returning to you right now. I can see you being healed right in your living room right now. I see marriages being restored right now because your soul is coming back to you. Come on, breathe it in. Let your soul be restored. Let your soul be restored right now. Your soul is coming back. Restore. He restores my soul. I'll finish. Your soul is important. Take care of your soul. How important is it? I'll tell you how important it is and I'll be done. Caring for your soul is caring for yourself. Quit ignoring your soul and stop giving your soul away to everybody. Soul ties are codependent relationships. Quit being dominated by how other people feel about stuff. You think you're supposed to feel that way just because they feel that way. That doesn't say anything about you. It's just about what you want. It just says that you are connected to somebody else and they drive your desires. They drive your passions. 
They drive your emotions. If they're not okay, you break down. Their influence over your life is more important than the Holy Spirit's influence in your life. That's called a codependent relationship. That's called a soul tie. I'm going to get back on it again. Care for your soul. When you care for your soul, you care for yourself. That's why the Bible says, love your neighbors as you love, as you love yourself. It's okay to love yourself. It's okay to take care of your soul. Proverbs eleven seventeen says, the merciful man does good to his own soul. A merciful man does good to his own soul. It's good for our soul when we show mercy to other people who have a wounded soul. That's what I'm trying to do today. I'm trying to tell you God loves you. Get your soul back. Your soul can be restored. Matthew 16, 26. Listen to what Jesus said. For what does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What does it, let, let me read it to you like this. What does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his suke, his psyche, his mind? What does it profit a man to have all the material possessions in the world, but he loses his mind? Your emotions are out of control. Anxiety attacks, panic disorders. You break down all the time. What? You can have a million dollars. That don't fix your mind. That don't fix your soul. Money is not the answer to your soul. What does it profit a man if you have millions of dollars and you lose your mind? What's that man's name? Howard Hughes, I think. Had all, he, much as you could ever do, but lost his mind. What does it profit a man? What does it profit you to have all this stuff, but you have lost your mind, you've lost your soul. You've lost your soul. So how do you care for your soul? I'm gonna give you four things in a mouth. How do you care for your soul? Number one, continually remind your soul of the benefits of the Lord. Put that in there. Remind your soul of the benefits that come from God. Remind your soul of the benefits. Put it in the comments. Remind your soul. of How do you take care of your soul? Remind your soul of the benefits. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. Who's David talking to? He's talking to himself. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Who's he talking to? He's talking to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Watch this, and forget not all his benefits. Here's what he does for you. And your soul needs to receive this right now. Your emotions need to receive this right now. The nervous condition is going to stop when I start reciting this right now. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. How many of them? All of them. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Remind your soul of the benefits of serving God. How do you take care of your soul? Remind your soul of the benefits of serving God. I know you're receiving yourself. Something from the Lord for your soul right now. You're receiving something from, from the Lord for your soul right now. Second way to take care of your soul, tell your soul to rest. 
I'll speak rest to you right now in Jesus' name. Rest. Rest. We're in our homes the next few days here in Oklahoma, in Quest Church. We can't get the Well, rest. Just rest. Psalm 116, verse 4. Then called I on the name of the Lord. I beseech you, Lord, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves us. I was brought low and he helped me. Now watch what he says in verse seven. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord deals bountifully with you. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death. You ever felt like you was losing your mind? You ever felt like you was going crazy? Having a nervous breakdown? God delivers your soul from that today. He delivers your soul from destruction today. He delivers your eyes from tears. That's what it says in verse eight. He delivers your feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Here David is conversing with his soul and he tells his soul, return to your rest. Return to your quiet place. It literally means return to your settled spot. I speak a settled soul to you today. Your soul, I tell your soul, settle down, settle down. Quit running to the prescription to be calm. Quit running to whatever you take to make you calm. Run to God. God delivers your soul. Run to God. He delivers your soul. Tell your soul to rest. Number one is remind your soul of the benefits. Number two, tell your soul to rest. Number three, this is how you care for your soul. Refresh your soul through purification. I'm almost done. Just give me a few minutes here. Refresh your soul through purification. First Peter 1.22, seeing you have purified your souls. How? By obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. A healthy soul always has healthy love for people. A healthy soul always has healthy love for people. An impure soul is driven by impure motives and shows an impure affection to other people. See, you have purified your souls in obeying truth. Purified means to make clean and to make clear. Guess, guess what happens sometimes? Sometimes when you're purifying your soul, it means to make your soul clean and make your soul clear. You know what Jesus said about your soul? He said, the eyes are the window to the soul. Have you ever cried your way to purification? Have you ever cried your tears cleanse your soul? And some of you are weeping in your homes right now. As I've ministered today, your tears are coming out of your eyes. And guess what's happening? Your soul is being purified. Your soul is being cleared. Your soul is being cleansed. The eyes are the window to the soul. That's why I tell people all the time, be careful with eye contact. And I'll get into that when we get into soul ties. Okay. Tears have a way of cleansing your soul. Someone once said, what soap is for the body, tears are for the soul. What soap is to the body, tears are for the soul. The eyes of the wind, the eyes are the windows to the soul. And Paul says, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, your spirit, your soul, and your body. What is sanctification? It's the state of proper functioning. Your soul cannot function properly without sanctification. 
I'll say it again. Your soul cannot function properly without sanctification. Sanctification means to set it apart for proper use. Give your soul to God. Okay, let's go through them. How do you care for your soul? Number one, remind your soul of the benefits of the Lord. Number two, tell your soul to rest. Number three, refresh your soul through purification. And now number four, and finally, I'm done. Rehearse praise to God. Watch what David says in Psalm 42, verse five. He's talking to his soul again. We ought to always be conversing with our soul. Converse with your soul. Communicate with your soul. Watch what he says to his soul. Verse five, Psalm 42. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you depressed, O my soul? Why are you discouraged? Why are you despondent, O my soul? Why are you quiet in me? Hope in God. I will praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me, but I will remember you. Deep calls to deep at the noise of your water spouts. All your waves and your billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night, and his song shall be with me and my prayer shall be to him. I will say unto God, my rock, why has you forgotten me? Why am I mourning because of the oppression? And he says, deliver my soul and I will yet praise you. So here's what I want you to do. Rehearse praise to God and it will renew your soul. He says, why? You need to tell your soul right now, you're not going to be depressed. You're not going to be despondent. You're not going to be discouraged. You're going to praise the Lord today. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I will bless the Lord at all times. When I'm up, when I'm down, when I'm encouraged, when I'm discouraged, when I'm elated, when I'm deflated, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord today with me, Quest. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together in Jesus' name. Soul be uplifted today. Soul be encouraged today. Soul be renewed today. Soul be refreshed today. Soul be revived today. Soul be energized today. Soul operate where you're supposed to operate. Quit interfering with my spirit. Quit interfering with my purpose in my destiny. Quit interfering. Emotions, get in control. Get in control today. Appetites, come under control and subjection to the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Soul operate properly in these people. In the name of Jesus. If you've learned anything today, if you've learned anything today, just but I used to preach in Jamaica and when I'd go down there and preach for Bishop V.T. Williams, I'd get through preaching and he would look at me and he would say, Pastor Rick, when you were preaching, my soul got happy. My soul got happy. Put it in your comments right now. My soul got happy. Just put it in there. Let me know. If you put that in there, I know you received something from God today. My soul got happy. Put it in there. My soul got happy. My soul got happy. My soul got happy. Come on, put it. I want to see some come. My soul got happy. You are healed today. 
be careful with labeling yourself something you're not. We're going to get into all of it. We're going to work this soul this, this month till you understand who you are in God. My soul got happy.